is Bloomberg Surveillance. Too many people out there think that Janet Yellen secretly knows exactly what she's going to do about interest rates, and she just isn't telling us. I think there's just a broad appreciation across the central bank community that global growth momentum is slowing. Everything I learned as a CFA has gone out the window here at the moment with this zero rate idea, but I don't want to get too worked up here. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning, I'm Michael McKee, along with Tom Keene. It is 7 a.m. on Wall Street, 6 a.m. in Cushing, Oklahoma, where all that oil sitting in storage is worth more than $40 a barrel this morning for the first time since early December. Oil's rise following the dollar's drop this week, which follows a week of central bank maneuvering. We will follow the threads today on surveillance. The dollar index actually a touch stronger today, but oil holding its momentum from late yesterday. West Texas, $40.83, up about 1.6% this morning. Brent, forty two twenty five up 1.7%. Stocks following oil higher. The stock 600 up a point right now, four-tenths of a percent. The DAX is up by 20 points, two-tenths. Here in the U.S., S&P futures up six points, three-tenths of a percent. Dow futures up 44 points, about three-tenths. And it's a two-tenths gain for NASDAQ 100 E-minis. Uh, they are up nine points right now. In the bond market, the 10-year note yield, well, bonds have really continued their decline throughout the week. 10-year note yield, 1.87. Five-year at 1.36 and 85 basis points for your two-year note yield. Uh, you may not have noticed, but natural gas prices, uh, natural gas futures prices up over the last 10 days or so. Right now, uh, $1.94, even though Sunday is officially the first day of spring. Why? Well, for the answer, we're going to turn to Bloomberg meteorologist Rob Carroll. And Rob, I think I can safely say none of our listeners want to hear this. But we have a major snowstorm possibly coming our way in the Northeast on the first day possibly, of spring. Possibly, Michael. It's still not set in stone, and I can tell you why. The computer models that have been coming in early this morning have started to shift the track a little bit further east. The U.S. model has had that consistently. Now the international models are starting to lean that way. So I think the big thing is we're definitely going to see some snow late sun- it's during the day Sunday into Monday. It's how much. Now, Boston is going to see it start Sunday afternoon, then Monday morning, maybe as much as four to eight inches. For the tri-state area, it starts around sunrise Sunday morning. It ends early Monday morning, maybe as much as three to six inches. But I think those numbers are going to be a moving target, at least through the next 24 hours with this storm. Uh, are we going to get any snow in Washington, D.C.? Are they going to shut down again? No, they're not. It's just going to be on the tail end of the storm. There's going to be a changeover. They start as rain tomorrow afternoon, change the wet snow tomorrow night, and end as wet snow Sunday morning. The district may pick up a slushy inch, mainly on the grass, maybe as much as one to three inches in Baltimore. But right now, I'm leaning towards the lower side of that scale. I know we got a lot of models to sort through. When do you think we have a consensus? Well, probably by late today, early tomorrow morning, I can tell you as we're seeing the runs come in that ran at uh, about 1 a.m. this morning, they too are shifting east. So there's a trend now in the guidance. If that trend continues through the day, we're going to start to feel more confident in lower snowfall totals. Rob Carroll and Bloomberg Meteorologist, thank you. We'll check back with you. I know a lot of people put away their winter stuff, so they'll be happy yeah, if, you if know. the storm shifts out. Uh, Otherwise, Tom, will be seeing you building snowmen. It's going to snow Park. like uh, Yale would win basketball. You know, uh, same idea. Well, Purdue was supposed to win. Can I? Can I'm getting a dirty look. Miss <laughs> uh, oh. Rachel, who runs our show here, a uh, uh, distinguished uh, Purdue alum, not happy. The level Whoops. of hangover when she walked in the door at two o twelve a.m. 
<sighs> it was outrageous. It was in a can I can I explain mood. that senility is set in? John well, Tucker, what do I have in my hand? It's radio. It works. Uh, well, two phones. Did I or you? I woke. I walked out of my house today with What's my iPhone and the Sainted One's iPhone. Ooh, yeah. you're in trouble. I am so much. <laughs> Ooh, level, are you folks, in trouble? The level of trouble oh, when when you have both iPhones in your pocket. You know, this is it's a good thing it's Friday. We'll just get the week over. <laughs> it's it's been quite a week uh, with a lot of central banks meeting all week. Russia, the latest this morning. Um, if you're just waking up, the Russians did nothing. Like a lot of the central banks out there uh, held their main rate. 11% there. A uh, bit of a surprise to some people, but um, at the moment, it doesn't seem to be having a huge impact. The ruble 67.73, uh, benefiting from higher oil prices. James Sweeney, chief economist at Credit Suisse Securities. Uh, he is with us this morning to talk about what we have learned uh, all week. We've got now what appears to be something of a cap on the dollar. We've got this move in oil prices uh, and, and it's going to snow on the first day of spring. Um, I'll put all those things together. And I'm wondering if maybe we have a bit of an inflection point for the economy, the the big valley that we went into at the first of the year over. Yeah, I, I think there's a little bit of a wobble up in global growth coming after a wobble down earlier this year. Um, global industrial production essentially hasn't grown over over the past five quarters. But the past few months were particularly bad. So often when, when you get a little momentum swing there in, in factories around the world, you, uh, you see markets forecast that a bit ahead of time, risky assets do a little better. Uh, we're, we're seeing that. So, um, commodity prices up, a little bit of a improvement in growth expectations, a little bit of an improvement in risk appetite. And then you have these central banks. Um, you have, the bad news the markets uh, thought it got from the from the Japanese when there was when there was a a signal that that maybe Abenomics was not going to be you know bond buying on steroids as much going forward. Uh, bad news from the ECB to markets that actually they've eased more, but they're not going to ease much more. Um, and then some good news from the markets' perspective from the Fed, they're not about to keep rates rising at 25 basis points a quarter, despite uh, what's happening in rising U.S. inflation and falling U.S. So this is a case where, where, central bank, where the Fed is driving the global economy by doing nothing. Well, I sort of think the global economy drives itself, but the conversation in financial markets definitely gets thrown around by what the central banks are doing. And, uh, and this is a very dynamic environment. It's confused a lot of people. And actually what we've seen is a lot of people don't want to trade. In this in this environment, because uh, right. because it's easy to be offsides pretty quickly. And James Sweeney with us with Credit Suisse. Bloomberg surveillance this Friday, brought to you by Invesco. Invesco believes it's time to say goodbye to the traditional sixty forty stock bond allocation. Say hello to alternatives as a core part of modern portfolios. Learn more at Invesco.com slash alts a l t s Invesco.com slash Alts. One of the great moments for us, uh, James, this week was Michael McKee tearing apart the dots. And one of the ideas is there's a green line, which is the Fed guess, and there's the market belief. They're still wide. And, Mike, am I correct? They got wider? Well, that was the odd thing. I mean, you look at the uh, the dots plots, and, I, and I, I'm sure James is familiar with it, but I'll, I'll put it up on my computer so you can see it. I mean, you, you see uh, on the Bloomberg, they have a function that shows what the uh, – 
OIS uh, spread was to the dot plot. And that's December. Uh, in December, it was uh, wide. I mean, the, the market was way below where the Fed was. So the Fed comes down, and what happens? Market goes farther down. <laughs> Yes. Um, yeah, it's, it's been, it's, it's been a rough ride for markets and, um, but again, I, I think the data is, uh, is, is consistent with, uh, with higher inflation expectations than have been priced in the market. Uh, but the fears about global growth are consistent with a slower pace of hikes than the Fed was indicating a few months ago. So this wedge should close. I, I put this out on the Radio Plus app for those of you who don't have a Bloomberg in front of you and would like to see it. You can check it there. Uh, as somebody put it, the, the market was pricing in two Fed rate increases when the Fed was pricing in four. The Fed comes down to two and the market now prices one. Right. Uh, can the Fed ever win? Is it always going to be chasing its tail here? Yeah, I mean, well, and there was a moment there six or eight weeks ago where the, where the market basically thought you weren't going to get any hikes for the next six or eight quarters. So uh, this stuff moves around quite a bit. Within it, and in, in, I guess sort of recalibrating here after three huge Fed uh, central bank meetings, rather, in a, a row, we're going to hear speeches, including Janet Yellen's important speech at the Economic Club right at the, the end of the month. What will you listen for? What does she need to re-justify? Remember like 18 months ago, Mike, slack, 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 every, every other sentence. What's her, what's the new word for her? Well, how is she explaining data dependence and then an increase in dovishness now? And so there are some potential things. And she, she said this week that some of the factors driving core inflation up are transitory and, and short term. Um, I don't really agree with that, and I've combed the inflation data bottom up. Don't really see the same thing, uh, but I would I would like her to expand on that. Um, and what are these risks from financial markets and from China and from global growth specifically that trouble her with regard to U.S. policy? You know, if she could she could elaborate on mm-hmm. what she's worried about. Uh, that would be interesting. I mean, it, it could be that the Fed is deeply concerned about the outlook in China, for instance, and think that's a game changer for global economy over the next right. couple of years, and we therefore need a different Fed path than, than you'd expect from the U.S. data. James Sweeney with us with Credit Suisse, and we will continue our discussion looking more at the global economy uh, coming up. What a week it has been for economics uh, here on uh, surveillance. Futures negative 5 down, futures negative 41. The yen, 111.41. Let's check in with Michael Barr now and get the latest world and national headlines. Michael. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. First, fiery rhetoric about joint military drills between the U.S. and South Korea and now North Korea has fired off a ballistic missile as well. Experts say the ballistic missile flew about 500 miles off the regime's coast into the sea. A U.S. official says the Pentagon has confirmed that the missile was fired from a mobile launcher. Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders is rejecting suggestions that the race for the Democratic presidential nomination against Hillary Clinton is all but over. Sanders says he still maintains a path toward victory despite Clinton's big delegate lead. Turkish Prime Minister says that the refugee emergency is an issue of values, not deal-making. He spoke as he arrived for talks with EU leaders. The EU is looking to send back tens of thousands of refugees to Turkey in return for billions of euros in aid. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom? And Michael, thanks so much. From New York with James Sweeney of Credit Suisse, Michael McKee and Tom Keen. This Friday, Bloomberg Surveillance.
Bloomberg Surveillance is brought to you by your Tri-State BMW centers. Visit them online at tristatebmw.com. At BMW, they make only one thing, the ultimate driving machine.